0: Welcome to the HR Community Podcast. My name is Shane O'Neill, founder of Task Talent, the HR and HSC recruitment community. Each episode, we will host HR leaders and discuss their journey and discover best practice HR solutions across the HR industry. Whether you're a CEO, HR executive, or operating across the wider HR space, this podcast is for you. Please like and subscribe, and don't forget to comment and share your views. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the HR Community Podcast. My name is Shane O'Neill. I am the director and founder of Civitas Talent, the HR and HSC recruitment community. Uh, Today's a very special episode. We are joined with Stephen Ivanovsky. um, Steve is the reward director at Lion um, and he's going to talk around data and around rewards Um, Steve has a lot of experience in food and beverage um, which we can get into a little bit as well so thank you for joining us Steve. Hi Shane and thanks for having me always good to see you. Very very welcome Um, over to you again I would love to hear a bit more about um, well your current role and and a little bit about the organization Steve.
1: Sure. So my my current role, as as Shane outlined, is um, I'm the reward director for for the Lion Group. And my job is to drive our culture for performance and to being a high-performing organisation through the implementation of our reward strategy, our incentive programs, and our reward frameworks. You know, Lion's a leading consumer brand business that specialises in beer. You know, we're headquartered in Australia, and our purpose is to enrich our world every day by championing sociability and helping people to live well. Uh, you probably know us for some of our uh, brands,
0: famous brands like 4X and 2E's, plus some amazing craft beers like Little Creatures. That's right. That's right. Uh, very familiar, maybe too familiar with some of those products. Some of our brands, yeah. yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. And I, I certainly don't have any any difficulty um, striking up conversations when networking. <laughs> There's always a brand that someone out there loves um, with That's
0: some true. of the, the amazing products that Lions sells. Amazing. Thank you, Steve. Um, so look, tell us a little bit about your journey um mm-hmm. in particular in HR. I, I know we touched on it a little bit in the intro, um, because you've come from a, a really interesting path where you've 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 been in the uh reward reminis route and moved into more the, the generalist HR. And um we talked a little bit about it before we jumped on that you you're sort of back into more of that senior. Mm-hmm. Um, reward again. Uh, tell us a little bit about your journey.
1: Yeah, so I started in HR because I was drawn to the business, uh, particularly the commercial aspects around how, how we manage performance and then how reward is able to um, help to pull those levers that continues to drive that performance. And it all starts with goal setting and then tracking progress and then ultimately seeing how incentive programs kick in in order to reward for that performance. But when I first started out in, uh, in reward, it was all about modeling bonus pools and incentive plans. You know, that was always a passion of mine. And as I've um, been able to grow through my career, that's something that's always kind of followed me in terms of, you know, that work that I really love doing. Uh, But early on in my career, uh, I did move into financial services uh, where I spent some time going through a rotation program because I thought it was really important to have that uh, that business skill and experience. So I spent some time on commercial lending, on the the lending desk, Mm -hmm. also worked in sales for a while. And that really helped me to develop some business skills and hands on experience in what it's like actually being on the front line. And they gave me some great insights then on understanding as well how we service customers and uh, ultimately how important it is to have those relationships with uh, our key customers. Mm. So after I completed that program, I was then, um, I made the decision to go back into HR and uh, pursued my career within HR from then on in. And, And, you know, I've always kind of continued upon that career path, having that holistic view of HR and being able to bring that broader knowledge to the table thanks to that that experience that I got very early on in my career of understanding the businesses. Fantastic.
0: And just on that, Steve, you mentioned getting some of the business skills, particularly around sales. Like how how relevant or how important do you think that's been to to your role now in in recent years in in the executive um, HR table?
1: Yeah, really important. you know. And I'll use an example, sales incentive plans. It's something that uh, mm. reward have that um, very good working relationship with the sales team and looking at it through the lens of design, uh, how we incentivize the teams to, whether that's in how they execute on the front line or how they um, uh, produce or, or uh, sell in volume, or whether that's in um, gross margin or, or net sales. So to to understand how that works, you really need to spend time with the sales team. And I'm always looking at opportunities to get out on the road with them, to partner with them, and then to learn about those key metrics that we need to be driving. Mm. Um, That ultimately then becomes a a win-win situation where if we are able to design incentive plans that work for the sales team, we know then that the results that they achieve ultimately then help the the broader business achieve its goals. So I would say very much so. It's, a, it's a, a relationship that you need to grow and evolve and understand mm. the business, how it works. If you truly want to then nail those incentive plan design, that will then reward
0: for that performance. Fantastic. And I know you didn't come from the the more sort of um, traditional HR pathway, as we initially discussed, yeah. Um but still, you would have seen a lot of change in HR over the years, or you know, over the last couple of decades, um, and the transformation of of the role it is today. Um, you know, ha- tell us a little bit about your your views or, or what you experienced in in terms of that transformation and change. Um, a HR practitioner, and uh, many years ago, in comparison to um, you know what 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 we do as a as a function now.
1: Yeah, I've seen the role of people and culture change drastically over Mm. the last few decades. And what started out back in the 90s as personnel management and then evolved into human resource management. You know, back then, the the HR team was broadly, you'd have a payroll person, a recruitment person, and then if you're lucky, if you had enough budget, a training person and a a generalist. Mm. And so since that time, we've seen the the sharp rise in functional HR. So, you know, organisations have brought up Um, COEs that have come along, whether that's in reward, talent, organisational development, and and most recently through systems and technology as well, through Mm -hmm. some of the the really big brands in in, uh, HRIS that have uh, evolved through um, over the last few years. And and that's where essentially the big shift has happened in HR through data, the collection Mm -hmm. and storage of data and how we use that data in everything we do today. Um, back in the day, it was there was a, a certain data set that sat within the payroll system, and that was probably as much you could then extract out. And then you spent a lot of time in Excel manipulating data, preparing reports, and and all sorts. Whereas now, with um, particularly with some of the larger um, data warehouses and systems that we have, you're able to store a lot of that in house. And, and I've seen that as been a really big enabler mm. for HR over the the last few years. And um, you know, as similarly. The, the role of HR has changed as well. We need to be a lot more data savvy, a lot more understanding what the metrics mean and that we can then translate them into our practices and what we need mm. to do in order to continue to attract people, grow our people, uh, retain them and mm. motivate our talent so that they can deliver against their goals.
0: Yeah, exactly right. And, and and I mean, in terms of a lot of that data um and I'm sure a lot of listeners understand that the, the why. Um, how powerful is a lot of those metrics when it comes to making business decisions or, or even designing your HR strategy, Steve?
1: Uh, critical, cool. absolutely. Mm. I I look at it as um, the data is what helps to to tell the story and also mm. to help inform. Um, There's not only the so what, but then what next. And mm. so whether it is a uh, business case that the business is developing or whether it's uh, we're looking for funding for a capex program that Mm. will fund a particular system or or implementation the data is what helps to drive that um, those insights in order to Mm. get the approval that we need Uh, similarly in in the reward space um, it's really important to understand that the importance of how that data then compares to business performance Mm. to then understand ultimately the value that it brings to the organization so for example when we are looking at incentive plans it's really important that we understand the cost of those incentive plans. Mm. We understand what, how that cost then translates to the business performance. And if the business is operating uh, above target, then what does that mean from a funding perspective? Do we then need to work with our finance team to fund more money to pay out bonuses if they are going to pay out higher? Similarly, as well, if a business is not performing as strong, then what does it actually mean from a costing perspective? And, and um, do we have enough funding? And if we Uh, have extra funding, then there's, you know, what do we do with that additional money? So they're they're just some examples where knowing Mm. your data, understanding how it relates back to the business is absolutely critical in Mm. this day and age for HR
0: practitioners. Absolutely. Um, And our episode today is quite timely as well, um, looking at the time of year, because I feel anyway from a recruitment perspective, there's been a lot of talk about salaries and how do we, attract the right people, especially with a lot of salaries being inflated. Um and I'm sure you would have been um you know asked to to sort of support with some of these um ongoing um dare I say issues. Um but you know what are, what are your thoughts on on that Steve? Is is that something that you've um incorporated or, or looking at incorporating into your REM strategy as well as we into the new financial year.
1: Oh definitely the um the, the the challenges the external challenges they they continue to uh, provide a lot of um, a lot of opportunities to to rethink how we approach mm. our, our budgeting and our salary review processes you know particularly as we look in Australia we've we've mm. come out of uh, the, the significant impact from Omicron earlier in twenty twenty two and we've had now you know the Great Resignation or rotation that continues to play its role uh, that's also causing or resulting in salary creep where you know it's, it's no longer, you, you were not able to um, attract the talent at certain right. levels, so you've got to rethink that. You know, there's labour shortages. Mm. Um, and then on top, there's also now wage pressures that are coming mm. through. And we've recently seen that through inflation numbers coming through as well as our minimum wage coming up. And so uh, certainly in connection with uh, some of my peers in the networks in uh, in Reward, what we're seeing is that um, it's a lot of the focus is around how you... Um, how you position the budgets that you are putting in for this year? Um, you know, we've got the superannuation half percent that's taken effect as of today, and so right. some organisations are choosing to um, to not fund that increase out of um, out of their own um, funding, or other mm. organisations are asking employees to take a pay cut in order to fund that. So, you know, there's the, the approach that certainly. Conversations I'm having with um, with organisations externally is how do you package up that whole budget? How do you Mm. help people to understand what is the actual total amount that you're budgeting for for those increases? Is there is that total amount part of super? Is the half percent included in that number? Are we also looking at then uh, making some market adjustments as part of Mm. that budget? You know, being as transparent as you can to actually show well, you know, yeah, we hear a lot about five percent in the minimum wage that's been produced, but what is the overall cost of the organisation internally? You'd be surprised where uh, and sometimes the, the budget could actually be um, provided in a couple of different ways, but once you package it up, you actually see that. it's pretty competitive and the company is actually passing on a, a decent increase. Absolutely. And, but that's only one part of the, the puzzle, piece of the puzzle. You know, at the end of the day, we, we are being asked to uh, provide a lot more uh, up-to-date data, and that's mm. really important, coming back to our, our key theme today of data. Is that, um, even with you know pulling all the salary survey data that we have being more relevant, more up to date with that because there's been a lot of um, hot pockets in the market that have been um, quite challenging to attract people into, mm-hmm. and so our role is to constantly look at different ways that we can source information that
0: will help our leaders to then make decisions on on pay how they best want to do that. Exactly right, and 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 on the topic of data as well, um, you know I'm sure there's some organisations out there and you know it's part of their strategy for the year or maybe it was part of last year and they haven't got to it yet um what is sort of advice you would give organizations who are maybe um in the process of investing and focusing a bit more on on data and metrics or or planning to is there is there anywhere you think they should particularly start should they go and get a an expert to to come into the business externally or are there any systems that they should think about or
1: yeah, it's, it's a great question. I, I would encourage um, uh, peers if they are looking at mm. at starting up in this space is, is first and foremost is having to think about what, strat- what your strategy looks like. Mm. Um, where do you want to see yourself in the market? Do you want to be um, you know, paying competitively at the 50th percentile or do you want to be more market leading mm. and more you know, kind of leading at that part more towards 75th or higher in the market? That in itself helps to understand then what type of data you need to be mm. sourcing and obtaining. Um, you know, Do you want to be some, uh, comparing yourselves to specific boutique or niche parts of the market or happy to kind of be part of the more general market? Mm. Because that also then determines whether you reach out to uh, some more boutique survey providers out there in the market or some of the more broader you know, bigger databases like your Mercers or your Corn Ferries or your Aeons would have in the market as well. So it really depends on the strategy that an organisation would need to look at. Um, you can always, you know, adjust that strategy as you need to, depending upon what you're seeing in the data. But first and foremost is uh, get a good understanding of, of where you want to be positioning yourselves against the market, and that will help you to determine that. And then once you've got the data, I've always said, you've got to get your hands dirty. You've actually got to spend time yeah. sampling or playing around with it, doing different data cuts and uh, seeing what it what it's sharing with you. Uh, do you want a position match? Do you want to implement job grading? There's a number of different things to consider, but um, some of the best ways to actually work out what's the best data once you've got your hands on it is to actually just play around
0: with it and see mm. what, what it's telling you and what stories you can derive from it. Absolutely. Um you're probably going to predict my next question because I know we talked about it before. With a lot of um, especially over the last couple of, well, n- now over the last two, two, maybe three years, there's been a lot of um openness to more remote and, and hybrid working conditions. But even if we're just focusing on remote um for a moment, um when we look at what we offer employees as salaries and and benefits you know how how do you feel that's kind of changed or changing when we talk about remote work because obviously that comes into the um the picture now where yes the cost of living's gone up but also if you've got the ability to work from anywhere in australia or in some organisations anywhere in the world um does that play a factor in how you remunerate and and budget for your for your teams and employees as well.
1: Yeah, I, I certainly have. Um, I've I've had conversations mm-hmm. around organisations. They are looking at that uh, process quite uh, differently. And mm-hmm. you know, my, our perspective here, and you know, we've got a, a really strong uh, flex outline policy to give you an example. Mm-hmm. And I've heard from other organisations that flex working now has become uh, one of the the most Important parts of um, and an attraction tool as well as um, an employee well-being tool so mm. that uh, our, our people can uh, find the right flexible approach that works for everybody, you know, a win-win right. situation. So it's becoming the norm is mm. probably the simpler answer to that. Um, in terms of it's also been promoting a lot more open conversations between a, a manager or a leader and their mm. team around what best works for them and how they mm. can flexibly work together. And you're right, It's um, I've seen it through the talent uh, acquisition processes as well, mm-hmm. that um, this this opportunity where, you know, if you're hiring in Sydney, you can't find anyone in the city market and a good candidate pops up in Melbourne, then it, it's no longer, oh, we'll need you in the office, you know, can't find. It's now absolutely an option. And so mm-hmm. we've got that great opportunity where we can look across the country as well as um, I have been aware of, um, you know, a number of examples where people will go and, Want to spend, you know, three months working in a different country and That's right. flexible working. So it, it's it's some of those examples where the traditional benefits are changing. That's right. You know, it's it's no more about the the, the perks of uh, we get discounted movie tickets and gym memberships and that kind of thing. They all have a place, absolutely. Mm. We're not removing them, but we're, we've got to get a lot smarter. And some of these benefits are are really great examples of that. Flex working is really important. And I'm also seeing a lot of um, different ways in you know people are starting work later the, the flex times as mm. well so it's not just about the location it's also about when you're starting work when you're finishing work um you know supporting with balancing their lifestyle more with their work and that's something that i'm going to see continue to evolve as we go through this year so yeah. it's, it's, it's exciting right it's it's breaking the traditional norms and it's something that is really um quite exciting to be a part of in the benefit space when um given that it sits within that that reward con Functional. absolutely
0: yeah absolutely and I, i'm even seeing it myself you know um from a recruitment perspective organizations who are traditionally you know majority in, if not all the time in the office but also it it kind of opens up um a bit more of an outcome driven type of environment which is which is pr- pretty good in my opinion performance wise um i i I'm mindful of your time as well, Steve, Um, but I just wanted to sort of gauge a bit of um, insight here as well, especially for some of the more aspiring HR leaders or, you know, potentially HR generalist um, individuals out there who are keen to break into the more specialized reward space. Like, what would be your advice to to some of our um, aspiring leaders that are listening into the episode?
1: I'd say embrace the change and buckle up for the ride is the best yeah. way to describe it. I mean, HR have been through a lot, right? Through yeah. through the pandemic, we uh, really had to think very fast on our feet and come up with solutions when we didn't know the answer to a lot of these initiatives. And now it's a heavier focus around attracting um, people in this really difficult talent market, as well as um, retaining and, and providing more flexibility in in how the the ways of working will continue. And so you know, some of the key... Um, successes, if you like, that I've, I've learned from over the last few years, particularly through COVID is around collaborating with, with stakeholders is really key. You know, help them understand what you're doing. And, and sometimes even when not having the answers, actually presenting that view and saying, mm-hmm. okay, well, um, at this point in time where we are working on a number of different scenarios, but we haven't quite landed on the particular recommendation. But here's what, you know, where our thinking is. And it's that co-creation element that I, I keep hearing yeah. a lot more about. Uh, throughout the ways of working, is that we'll, we'll work out the solution together. Sometimes it's mm. not just about trying to figure it all out yourself. Um, so, a lot of that is around that collaboration. The, the other thing is that you know try to have the end result in mind when you're particularly working on some of these new initiatives. Mm. You think about, well, where do we actually want to get to or what do we want to achieve by this process? And then work your way back. Mm. I find that um, understanding or having a clear goal in mind, you're then able to. Um, work your way back and understand what you need to do in order to get to that, you know, big milestone. And the last part to talk about, coming back to that point around data, it's, um, you know, and I tell this with uh, with my team all the time, it's no it's no longer good enough just to tell the story. Mm. You've actually got to provide a little bit more about, well, what will come next? You know, what what's the, the chapter in the book that hasn't been written yet? What would that look like? You know, we call it the so what, the now what, and then what? Mm. It's really about that, bringing those those more deeper insights into what you're working on because not everybody has the same, um, that has the time to understand things as deep as our reward people do. And so it's important that you're able to share those insights and, and essentially create that value that you bring to the table for the organisation because ultimately that's what it's all about. We've got to create value in what we do and that's our role that we, um, we should aspire to.
0: Amazing, great advice there definitely take a note of that um couple of last questions for you uh steve um sure. who who would be your biggest influencer who who, who influences you
1: influences oh uh, it's probably changed a few times as you progress through your career different yeah. people um today i I'd, I'd say most likely would be martin moore he's the, mm. the no bullshit leadership podcast and your ceo mentor yeah. love listening to Marty um he's got a lot of really important insights as a leader and um yeah always have time he's always at the top of my podcast list when I'm driving away same uh
0: same every morning when I'm walking in that's uh that's what I listen to as well um who do you influence
1: it would be my family I'd say have pretty heavy influence on the way I work um, with my family uh they do have to listen to my kind of sharing insights and, and views a lot but um so far, they've been pretty accepting of
0: my views. So, yeah. Fantastic. And um, what would be your ideal work environment, hybrid, remote or on-site? It would be both.
1: It would yeah. be a good combination. Uh, I, I like the time to work from home when I'm writing board papers or there's yeah. something where I really need to focus quite a lot. Um, but then also, I really enjoy the, the face-to-face uh, connectivity at work and yeah. having coffee catch-ups with uh yeah team members or, um, you know, being able to be part of particularly the board meetings where it's a very different dynamic doing it in the room versus dialling in. So, percent, yeah, best of both worlds for me. 100%. And what
0: motivates you?
1: What motivates me? I would say having a, a really um, well-thought-out plan mm. and then being able to execute uh, flawlessly or as best you can against that plan. You know, I love watching a good plan actually mm. take effect and, and it translates watching sport as well. You know, I yeah. love watching when a team, they just absolutely will perform amazing on the field and, and the, the commentators will often talk about, well, you can see they had their game plan and they just yeah. absolutely uh, executed so well on that. So that's what I try to bring into the workplace where we, um, we, we spend the time to develop the right plan, we socialise it, we get it agreed if we need to adjust throughout, we we will uh, through you know agile working, um, but ultimately it's so rewarding to then see a good plan
0: that you can pull it off and successfully. Absolutely, that leads on to my next question. Tell me a little bit about sport. What's what's your go-to sport or hobby? Uh,
1: Premier League. I'm a big Manchester United fan, so wow. unfortunately haven't been quite as happy uh, over the last few years. Yeah. But um, you know, really enjoy the strategy behind football and just the. That the planning and preparation that goes into it and the discipline of the players and the skill that they bring yeah. to the team as well. You know, I I do look at there's no there's no um fluke that a lot of the, the famous clubs they are so successful year on year. Mm. And because that comes back to their their planning, their coaching, the capability of the players and also the culture
0: as mm, well. That's right.
1: You know, I've always talked about with um I use sporting analogies a lot in my day-to-day work and I've and I've always used examples of You know, you look at the the all Blacks rugby team that dominated for so many years. You know, you look at the Queensland Rugby League team, how they, you know, went through such a really um, successful period. And, Mm. you know, teams always have, if they have the right culture, they've got the right winning attitude, they've got pride in their team that they play for, it it breeds success. And I I love using those analogies. Probably too much for my team, but, yeah, I'll keep going for
0: now. Yeah. It's working. Don't fix it if it's not broken. Um, final question for you. Um, we spoke a couple of months ago. I think things were still a bit choppy with uh, the, the, the globe when it came to travel. But um, what would be your ideal uh, travel or retreat or, or have you got anything planned?
1: Yeah, I'd love to retreat to a beach on Hawaii. Yeah, oh, lovely. There. Cocktail, loving the warm weather there, especially yeah. this time of year. Yeah. It's a long trip, but you know, it's certainly something to um to aspire to getting back there. That would
0: be amazing for me. It's certainly worth it. We'll uh, you'll definitely get some motivation when you you walk outside in Sydney these days. It's pretty Absolutely. choppy out there. Um but look, thanks so much for your time, Steve. Great insights. Like, I like I love the um the insights, particularly around the, the data and the metrics. Um thank you so much for for joining us and uh thank you everyone for listening. Thanks, Shane, for having me. It's been a pleasure. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the HR Community Podcast. Remember to like and subscribe and share your views and comments below. This podcast was brought to you by Civitas Talent, the HR and HSC recruitment community. Whether you're a candidate looking for a new role or organization looking to secure brand new talent for your team, please get in touch with us today. Thank you.